Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. Pastor Todd. Good morning, afternoon. And Tara Matthews. Hello. Here. That's right. It is the afternoon uh, that we're recording this. We've been, uh, we've had lots of creative uh, discussion. You know, of course, there's uh, the Pope, spiritual experiences, lots and lots of different things we've been talking about all before we hit record. So, um, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the message, had a couple thoughts for you guys, wanted to pick your brain. And actually, even we were talking about experiences, and I did want to ask a question about this. So I'll get there in, in just a minute. Um, but as we're, you know, getting into this now, we're in this series called Out of the Shallows. And, um, you know, I think it's been a great series. But now that I think about it, before I go there, wait, I did, I did want to really quickly ask you guys. Um, sorry, this is my intro. I got a new Bible a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of days ago. This is my thing. I got an ESV. I didn't, I didn't have a print ESV. And so, um, I'm pretty excited. It's like a nice Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm actually looking to get my NASB rebound, but this was like $20, like next day shipping on Amazon. <laughs> so I was like, yo, I got it. So it's pretty nice. But we were talking a little bit about Bible translations. What do you guys, uh, typically, do you have like a go-to? What do you normally read? Are you looking to mix it up where... Uh, I, this, to me, this is simply Bible nerd talk. Let me just dis- disclaimer. I was talking to somebody. Your translation, hey, best. I heard a quote: "The best translation is the one that you read." So, that's the disclaimer. But all right, now back into Bible nerd talk. You guys have a go-to, or I don't know. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I use NIV. <clears throat> I've really considered switching over to ESV, but the only thing is, is I have everything highlighted in my no. NIV Bible yeah, and yeah. all it's marked hard. out with little tabs. So yeah. I feel like. I'm starting from scratch again, and I don't want to, like, a- and the other thing is my NIV, like, is a little bit thinner. It's a thin line one, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's thinner. So um, carrying around a big, thick ESV uh, on top of, like, my my calendar, which is huge, and, like, my computer and all that, like, I, I, I don't know. I but <laughs> the other version that I use a lot is NIRV. Which is the oh, okay. re- new international readers version, which is, um, and the reason why I use that one a lot is because it is, it is easier for like a, a a younger reader. So with the kids a lot, I I use that those verses so that it's easier for them to understand and follow along with. So, kind of feel like I'm a little bit of a buffet Bible yeah. person, yeah, yeah. person. So that's me. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I feel the same way about that. My NASB is like I know where everything is. Sometimes the language they call it archaic language, so sometimes it's a little annoying. But um, it's it's at the point now. Like, yeah, I don't I don't want to start from scratch totally. Like, so that's why I decided like, oh, because Stephanie got hers rebound. Yeah, her yep. fire Bible, and she yep. said that was five years old. So this is ten, and yeah, I've glued it a couple times. So I was like, you know what? No, I I don't want to start from scratch. This is like I know where everything is, and I got it marked right. up. You grow attached to it. It's my, yeah, so. my Bible. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. my. That's what I want to do. But in the meantime, I also found that for twenty dollars <laughs> and got and picked up the ESV. <laughs> and Pastor Jamal, I know you were saying just I thought it was cool. And so for anybody listening, you were saying like you had a professor actually that worked on the ESV translation. Yes, uh, Doctor. Uh, yes, Doctor Doug Ose. Um, he was a professor at Central Bible College. Uh, he was there my freshman year. So my freshman year was also his last year there, and then he ended up uh, moving on. But um, he's worked on the ESV. Uh, he's a translator for the ESV New Testament and then worked on study notes for um, 
Second uh, Peter and the book of Jude. So yeah. uh, I guess in that regards, I had a little bit of an investment in, you know, in that because he was a professor at our school. Uh, so I have used the ESV for the past few years. I've actually recently, beginning of COVID, switched over to the NET. Um, and that's what I've been kind of like reading from. Really appreciate that, um, that version right now, just because it is not tethered to one particular movement. So mm -hmm. a bunch of Bible scholars from different um, walks of faith or not, you know, walks of Christianity uh, kind of have come together to push for um, authenticity within the text as opposed to a particular vein of a movement. So whether it's charismatic or Presbyterian or Methodist, it's not, that's not the highlight. The highlight is the text in and of itself and it being translated as close, as best as possible to the authenticity of the, the original text and original mm -hmm. scripture. So what's I, cool. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, can we just real quick talk about like what all the letters mean? Like NIV's new international version, mm -hmm. ESV is English standard version, NET is new, new English, English translation. translation. And that's okay. new, right? That, yes, like, that was, one that is newer. That one just came out because um, they were they were saying to themselves, well, we want to be able to, um, you know, get as close to the original text as possible without losing the meaning. Because I think for some of our English words, we just kind of, oh, well, this is best. You know, this closest, was what bits, yeah. this is the closest, this fits best, but these guys want to stick to the authenticity of what is actually being said. Mm -hmm. And, and so maybe good. if there aren't any, uh, you know, and then sometimes in some spots, I, well, I've already run into it, it says, hey, we here's the reason why we chose this word. And they tell you why they chose that word as opposed to just being like, this is what it is. That's what I was going to say. So That's I, what I like about them. I've checked it out a mm -hmm. few times. I've checked a few words, and yeah, it will tell you this This is why we picked it. It could be translated this way. Sometimes your Bible will have a little note that will say, or this, like as right. in it could have been translated, but right. they tell you. They I think tell that's you really why valuable. they ultimately settled on this particular mm -hmm. word. So I've appreciated that because um, I feel like it gives it a little bit more flavor. And yeah, that is on your Bible app. So if you want to read some of those notes, you can, uh, or you can also go online, like Bible Gateway. Those that translation is on there. N E T, N A S B stands for New American Standard Bible. Um, it's typically regarded as the most literal, but that also sometimes makes it the hard hardest to read. And mm -hmm. um, so they say ESV is slightly more readable. I always. I've seen a chart before, even in the bookstore, actually, where they have translations. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of felt like I think NIV is basically right in the middle mm -hmm. as far as yeah. readability and accuracy to the closest. And then you kind of move past that to NLT, which I actually really like the NLT, mm -hmm. um, but that reads much, much better and easier. But, you know, so usually you want to be mixing up your translations. That's going to help you, you know, uh, in your Bible study and Bible understanding. So, I mean, and just to be clear with that too, there's two major veins of translations. You have the literal where they tried to take a word for word and translate it for word, word. And some of the reasons why that's hard to read is because uh, the way sentences are made in English are different than the way sentences mm -hmm. made are in Greek or in, in Hebrew and or whatever. even like a word, uh, it may not contain the nuance or meaning. Like when you translate just we'll say love love you know could be a few different ways in english it's just one word for love but in the original greek 
it could be containing these extra phrases. So to now construct the sentence to reflect that, it's it's mm-hmm. it's you know an art and a science, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the other branch is more thought for thought. Mm-hmm. So you read it and says, okay, what is this saying? This is saying God is love. So we'll put that in modern day language. God is right. love or whatever. You know, it, so it's either usually typically tries to be more word for word, more thought for thought, which would be like principle, the meaning. Yeah, the meaning. What what are they trying to say here? And then we can put it into how we would say it in English or mm-hmm. whatever. And then there's the versions that try to blend the two. Mm-hmm. you know, and be as close as possible to the original meaning, but make it easier to read. So mm-hmm. that's that's why there's so many different Bible translations. Yes. You know. Yeah. Shoot. I'm all about that, reading both. So starting out with one that's more accurate, ESV. I just got an ESV Bible from Pastor Todd. Shout out. Shout out yeah. to Pastor I'm Todd. I'm excited because um, I've had an NIV for years. And so I'm excited to go into that. Um, but I also really like um, NLT and the Passion Translation, too, for the more thought side of it. Right. You'd say Passion would fall more on the wait on the I don't know. You're, you're looking at me like that. No, 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 no. I, I, I haven't read the Passion. Oh, yeah. I don't know either. So don't listen to what mm-hmm. I'm saying. But it it's would, just it's it very poetic. Like um, yeah. And it's it's cool to see. You yeah. Know, poetic sounds thematic more than literal. So yeah, I would it's say it's yeah. much thought, more thought, poetic yeah. than literal. Um, and and I really like uh, my professor in college, Dr. Hunt, um, really recommended that we get a Bible with the Apocrypha in it, which might be a little controversial, <laughs> but <laughs> it's the, the new revised standard version. So every so often okay. I will dive into that. But yeah, so but that's not what I would, you know, go into to write a sermon off of or yeah just for thought you know so one more word to this whatever apocrypha is the group of books that you typically find in like a catholic bible Mm -hmm. uh and you evangelical and and like protestant protestant that's the word i'm looking for and protestant churches these are the sections of, of of books of the bible that we don't typically have in our bible mm-hmm. um and uh, the thing that kind of determines whether it was or wasn't in there was uh when they made the canon the scripture disagreements about which ones seem to have biblical uh, uh, uh inspiration supernatural inspiration yeah yeah yeah, and yeah because i think we would say they're still valuable mm-hmm. some of them are historical some of them are not they're historical but they're it's like a story with a lesson still. So they're still valuable, we would say, but Protestants don't view them as inspired. The Bible Project actually has a good video just explaining this, like the differences Mm -hmm. and a little bit of the whys. Um, And, you know, it's visual. I love visual. So I think it's, uh, I think it's what is the Bible. I think that's the name of the video. And I think they, they break it down and they say, yeah, we have a couple extra here or there, but, um, Mm. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, um, and, e- and even in he in you know Jewish culture, they have similar like apocrypha writings yes. that mm-hmm. they would say is, "Hey, this is good," um, but we know that the law and the prophets, this is elevated above mm-hmm. this particular work. But this is a, also a good one mm-hmm. to read. So it is not uncommon uh, for those to be associated with, uh, I guess, canonical biblical mm-hmm. studies or studied whatever yeah, yeah. studied letters yeah. and scriptures. like the book of maccabees or correct right. yeah it's yeah. right about the maccabean revolt which took place and mm-hmm. so you can read about it 
Um, and actually, even your Bible does that. In the Old Testament, certain books, it'll say, oh, the rest of what this king did. Mm-hmm. It's actually written in you know this book. You can read that if you want. Now, I'm actually not aware if you can read that now, some of those. Right. But as far as that idea of in Jewish um, you know, uh, scriptures, that being the case as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I think that it's like if you get a Bible that's an apocrypha, has an apocrypha section and parts of it, you know, it's really good to have a study Bible too, so that you're mm. able to understand why or why not it was taken out of the Bible. Yeah, and just so a side note. <laughs> I was Harper Collins say, Study Bible. I Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Because I have a copy of the apocrypha. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, sometimes I find it hard to read or like what what oh, yeah. what's the significance of this? And so, all right, yeah, study Bible. I can't say help. I know that much about it. I yeah. dive into it every so often, okay. <laughs> but it's yeah, cool. yeah. So cool, yeah. No, that's a, just some bar- Bible nerd talk. Like, I mean, I love talk about that stuff. It's very American to have so many translations, yes. and yeah. I watched this thing that it was like, you know, don't uh, we? Uh, at least I am this way. It's like you want to fall into kind of one and be like, this is the this is the best one, and you just you just don't need to. They they all can be beneficial. Um, yeah, so I like what you said earlier before we hit record, Tara. You were like, sometimes you'll read it in the ESV or a little more of a mm-hmm. more of a literal one, and yeah. then reread it again in more of a um, an easier to read one, right. which is a great uh, that's a great strategy. You don't want to miss what's being said yeah. by by you know the poetic aspect of it or by the nice literal translation or yeah sometimes we memorize opinion. it a certain way yeah exactly yeah no exactly. i was thinking about that that's another thing like niv is what i grew up using mm-hmm. so like a lot of the scriptures i have memorized are niv and then when i'm trying to find it because i do have an esv uh fire bible that sometimes i'll when i'm trying to find it it's just on my desk i'm like wait this isn't <laughs> where is it because i know it starts with this word yeah you know and oh, it's sometimes yeah, yeah. it's harder to it's harder to find that way or remember or whatever and uh, just as a point of reference too as we're talking about it too just so everyone's clear there's not like one version of the bible that is one translation of the bible that is the inspired translation mm-hmm. like Debatable, but the yeah. original <laughs> manuscripts no, this is good this is good yeah the original like manuscripts written by the disciples written by moses written you know 2000 3000 4000 those are the ones that were inspired mm-hmm. okay we have different translations today because nobody reads greek hebrew <laughs> you know latin too much you know you can go to bible school learn those things but in everyday conversation most people don't speak those languages yeah and so there's a translation where scholars read it do their best to interpret it correctly, translate it correctly into English. Those are not inspired. Those aren't, they don't carry the same level of inspiration as, as the original. When I say that, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean, like some people are like, if King James is the only appropriate Christian Bible, right. You know, and if you're not using King James, was it the 1611 version or something like that? then you're not using a inspired Bible. The translations are not what's inspired. The original scriptures are. The translations yeah. are our ability to be able to read those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great distinction. I think the terminology is like the original autograph. So Paul's original letter that he wrote with his hand or his scribe wrote for him maybe to First Corinthians, that is inspired by God. 
and then you know we can read the the Greek copies that we have, and then we translate it to English. Um, I, I brought it up before, but I'll bring it up again. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright he recommends mm-hmm. changing up your translation every two years, so it's constantly fresh. You know, he he reads. <laughs> this is a, you know that's the level you're at. He reads it in the original languages. I know a professor at Valley Forge who read it yep. in the original languages. <laughs> like, you know, that's pretty cool if you can get that status. But you know, the rest of us, that's why they make these <laughs> translations. <laughs> like, you know, but uh, no, I was gonna say a good example of like you said memorizing it is like, I think of Psalm 23, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." So I have that memorized. But mm-hmm. as a kid, I was always like, I don't actually know what that means. Like, I shall not want. So I think another translation, I, I guess it's the NLT, says like, um, "The Lord is my shepherd; I have everything I need," or something. Mm, and that's good. Like, yeah. I lack oh, nothing. oh, that's that's what it means. <laughs> oh, oh, I lack <laughs> nothing. Yeah. What's his name from Winter Retreat that year, a couple years ago? Um, Aaron Rodgers. No, no. Uh, uh, Aaron Holt. Aaron Holt. Oh. Yeah, dude, that was oh, good. Aaron Holt. I went to school. Psalm twenty three. He did that the whole weekend. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, I lack nothing. That was what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah, Psalm twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> makes so much sense. Like. So just to get that other, mm. uh, yeah, so cool. So, yeah, just uh, so like I said, some Bible nerd talk, just having fun. But um, we need to have like a little, like a little, like, I don't know what we call it, a little snout, sound snippet that's like nerdage or something <laughs> like that. Every so time. that's it. Like yeah, a radio so that's show. A, that's it. <laughs> no, that's it. So that's a production thing. We, you know, get, we got to get Pastor Matt a program so that he can like <laughs> hit on it. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. You know I mean? well, Let me play the clip from last night. Uh, I mean, I think the one we would get the most use out of is Nerdage. So there's <laughs> something along that line. Like a DJ, I like, pussle, pussle. you know what I mean? New past the map. Bah, 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 bah. Bible nerd, Bible nerd, Bible. <laughs> and then drop a bomb. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's that'd be level. another step. I'm that's just saying, that's, that's what you, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, if you want the podcast to be heat, you got to get it to that level. It is called the Monday Morning Recap, and that was the idea. Like, you so. know, the next day after the game, they play the clips. All right, this is what he said. So mm. it's like we're like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Right, one step at a time. No, I'm just, you know I mean? that'd be pretty intense. I don't know if we need to. It, I trust me, it'll take level. it to a whole nother level. Yeah, <laughs> you you would love it. That's the thing. You'd be like, oh, drop the bomb. Bible door, Bible door, Bible door. All right. I'd be embarrassed to share it with my friends. Nah, bro. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll press the button then. I'll be like, bam, 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 bam. All right, okay, okay. So let me get to I, I do have a real question for you guys. Um, that will be great for everyone listening as well. And we're talking out of the shallows. That's been the series. Um, going deeper in our walk with God. That was the last one? I believe series it is was. a wrap. Give it up. Yeah. Series is a wrap. Oh, hey, that was it. Wrap the series. We have so. passed the shallow water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah now you're deeper. Hopefully. Way to go. Deeper. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> that that was the goal. It was it was <laughs> the goal. <laughs> so, you know, just to recap then, you know, the first week and Pastor Jeff talked about this. Jesus invited Peter to go deeper, you know, in his boat to go deeper where he was had a, a, a deeper dependence on God and talked about how that's a process and then there's kind of been three different weeks of of principles like the first week being pick up the fork and feeding yourself not depending on someone else read that from hebrews chapter five um going from milk to solid food that's the language that the writer uses in maturing and your understanding of the faith second principle is working it out reading from philippians chapter two working out your salvation with fear and trembling but working out what god is working in we don't go deep our, by God working more in us only. We need to put it into practice and um, 
even the idea of like earning your calories, burning your calories. When God does something, now go do something, and then God will keep working in you. So then yesterday, the third principle was about how faith needs a friend. I um, really liked that wording and how we is greater than me. And back in the book of Hebrews, um, talking about um, really the benefits of being, the, how faith, faith can't be done alone. I think that's what it was. It was like pick up the fork, work it out, and then there are some things you can't do alone or you shouldn't do alone. And Pastor Jeff had those opening clips, you know, of like, don't try this alone. Don't try that alone. <laughs> so, um, you know, a couple thoughts I thought we, we could talk if you wanted. Like, the immediate verses after are really good. Pastor Jeff actually didn't bring up. Um, but about, like, let's not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. think that was really great. Um, and we can talk context even. He, the, he said how that first word is there for if we want to go there. But let me start with this because we were talking about experiences and stuff. I love something that Pastor Jeff said in the first point. You know, we is greater than me, and there's a few things that we is greater than me, and those were his points. And so one was we draw near to God. Um, that's better to do together, and we can study God's word alone, but when we're in community as well, you go deeper. You learn more about God. Worshiping God alone is something hopefully that you can be doing. If you're not doing, you know, I'd encourage you to do that. But also when we come together corporately, it's so special to experience God's presence that way and, and worship him. So one thing he said was about keeping we is greater than me because it helps to keep me consistent. Instead of my faith, sometimes my faith can feel cold um, and a friend can, uh, uh, with warm faith, can come alongside of me. They can fan the flames in my life of that faith. And I really like that picture. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, can you think of a time that somebody did that in your life? Was there a time where um, maybe you felt a little colder or, you know, however you describe that, but somebody came alongside you, whether it be a pastor or a friend, a mentor figure that kind of helped fan that flame, that warm faith. I just like the picture that he painted. Or even maybe if there was a time that you did that for someone else. I mean, being in ministry, you know, maybe there's a time that somebody came to you and, and you said, hey, how about this? And, and that really pin the flame so i don't know if you need a minute to think about that but yeah I'm, i would probably need a minute to think i'm trying to think of a specific moment i don't know if there's one that readily comes to my mind but i feel like there's been moments where i definitely have experienced somebody kind of come alongside and, and uh you know they drop a word um um and it definitely fans into flame uh kind of like a level of faith um you know so i Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, I had um, the experience actually pretty recently. Um, <clears throat> there was, you know, a moment where I was just kind of like, man, really, really just kind of needed needed something different from the Lord. And this person spoke into my life halfway across the country, didn't even know who I was, didn't even. Mm -hmm. And just the way that that whole conversation unfolded was just like so on time. And then it just did something to my heart and spirit, uh, kind of really just brought a fanning of a flame, like a reigniting in my heart. It was great. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, and I just want to he uh, share here from yeah. you guys all in ministry and on staff here that um, it's special to hear when that happens in your own life. So, yeah, mm -hmm. sorry, go ahead, Tara. Didn't mean to cut Yeah, you no, off. no, no worries. Um, I think 
I can think of a bunch of instances with my, I have two, my two best friends um, that we just can spur each other on and we have a constant like going, an ongoing group text. And so if you're, we're going through something, we put it on there and whatever. Um, and I'm really grateful for them. But I was thinking about another instance um, where um, a fellow, she's also a camp counselor and I'm not, I, we're not, we're not super close, but she's sent me some crazy things sometimes. I know a couple months ago I was I'm feeling uh, all over the place and I hadn't told her that I hadn't really told anyone that um but this this girl she's just so cool she just the Lord just like gives her dreams and stuff and she's like Tara I was having this dream and you were just crying and all this stuff she was going into detail I was like what in the world and this has happened on several occasions with her sending me things um just to encourage me and um say she's praying for me and it's just very it's she's (laughs) the Lord is definitely um working working through her so that's really cool. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, you haven't, you maybe didn't even say anything, but no. God speaks to her and it's encouraging to you. That's and she walk like she walks in that too, which is cool. Like, I think sometimes I feel like I should tell someone something or, wow, like I had this dream last night. Maybe I should tell so-and-so, but sometimes I don't. And, you know, I wonder if I had missed an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. side thought. Again, sorry. What are you about to say? Uh, so I was going to say, actually, now that I think about it even harder, the person I feel like who consistently does that for me, major shout out to the GOAT, Lisa Maneri. Mm, so Lisa, Lisa, Lisa usually is the one yes. who can be like, she'll just pull me off to the side and she'll be like, boom. And I'll be like, facts. And I'll be like, dang, how you know that? Like, you know, um, and she's just kind of like, she's always fanning. So it's always, I feel like she's that consistently doing that. Mm-hmm. Um um so yeah she i would give her a a major shout out in that regards because she's always doing that yeah she's on it with the with the texting and stuff and she'd be like yo bro yo bam really cool yeah like dang i can't think of like a specific moment per Mm se um but i can you know i think we only had a youth pastor in the church i grew up when maybe like for two maybe two years three years something like that but we've had volunteer youth leaders who were always uh, really good, who kind of spurned me on or whatever. Um, some of them who invested more than others, you know, who who have played a big part in my spiritual growth. Uh, but I also had a friend um, throughout high school who was also another believer. And we, we actually, at the time, didn't have a worship team for youth. It was like we sang without any music or whatever. And so him and I kind of like spurred each other on like, Hey, let's let's uh, you learn piano, I'll learn guitar and we'll we'll have worship so we can do worship and and um so we spurned each other on for a while throughout throughout whatever and then we both ended up at Bible school together. Um and then you kind of drifted apart once you're in Bible school and the world's a whole lot bigger all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, and different interests and all that. Um but but yeah, so those would those would be mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I I can think of probably several people well even when you were so just talking about growing up and stuff i mean then definitely i have a lot of people but um bible college for sure some some of my friends there you know some of them still are those people i do have a childhood friend now who is not in ministry but yeah i feel it is like that like we spur each other on like he's a brother in christ like mm-hmm. sometimes it's really helpful to talk to somebody in ministry because they you know, understand, you know, just that perspective, but him not being in ministry, but, and just feeling like we're brothers and it's like, oh, I know, 
oh Matt, yeah, you're a pastor, but like we're we're on like the same level. Like, and he he just, he's got such a warm personality. But so that idea of warming, that warm faith, sometimes like just a, a conversation with him about like, dude, like how much he loves God or something makes me like, yeah, man, like it, and not that like oh better than or anything. It literally just encourages me. Um, it, it's it's really helpful. So I actually called him the other day about my whole Bible thing. So I was like, but he's the sort of guy that, yeah, just, uh, he encourages you, um, just with his own walk. And, and I know, I think we do that for each other, which is cool. So, um, which is great. You know, that's why we is better than me. And, uh, again, I loved, I loved the sermon and I loved that point and how pastor Jeff said that yesterday in the sermon, we, we draw near to God together. That's a way where we is better than me. We so often can feel, that faith is a loner thing. And I guess maybe that'd be a question for you guys too. It's like, why do we try to go alone so much? You know, we is better than me. We draw near to God. That's a great, yeah, duh. Um, we, we hold on to hope together. That was his other point. We change the world together. Why, why do we try to go it alone? Or why do we view faith as like this lone thing sometimes? Well, I think some of that has to do with just culturally America is yep. a little bit of that vibe. I think when you look at other countries, they are more commune communal is that the word or, you yep. know commun- communal yeah. in their in the way they operate you know um I, or i'll say it like this i'll say it like this because i see i think i even see co- aspects of community in american culture it just depends on where you look mm-hmm. so like i remember growing up and you know it was an understood thing that as i'm playing outside with my friends if one of my friend's mom decides to come outside and catch us doing something we're not supposed to do, she has free reign to reprimand us as if we all belong to her. And it was like this universal, like all the moms on our block were on the same page in that regards. Like you catch Jamal wilding out, you have absolute permission to let him know, like you give him all, you give him all the smoke he needs right there in that moment. And when he gets home, he gonna get more smoke from me. That was basically <laughs> yeah. how the moms in our neighborhood. So they that was just the way they functioned. I'm not so sure that type of mentality is so at the forefront now. I think there's a lot of people who are just really out for themselves. And that bleeds over into a lot of everything else about their life. And in that regards, in some spaces and maybe even some churches, I feel like you see that. Uh, and that may be the reason why people try to go at it alone because they maybe feel like they have to uh, in order to prove that they are Christian or that they got it together or that they're really growing in Christ. But in reality, as we've seen in, in, in the message from Sunday, you know, growing together is, is really where you find your greatest uh, success. And uh, I, I know Pastor Rob wants to say something and then I'll share something else. No, I was just thinking, even the terminology we use, I think sometimes points us in that direction. Like, it's my faith, mm-hmm. yeah. personal faith. And and there's truth to that, but how often do we talk about our faith? Right. Mm. And, how, and how our worship times, or is it my worship time? Our, you know, so I, I think sometimes, first of all, yeah, American, American dream was I'm a self-made man. Mm. I I can do this. I don't need help. I'm strong. I'm not weak. You know, um, I I think that's kind of something that we have to fight against having that mentality because that is so much of what we hear everywhere. 
and what I do, none of your business. Mind your own business, you know, all those things, you know, play out. But then I also think, too, how we talk about things really promotes kind of a, it rests all on you, you know. Yeah, you know, from what you guys both just said, too, like that kind of, even the idea of I have to prove it, like, okay, uh, a deep Christian would be able to read the original Greek and New Testament, right? Like, like just kind of from what we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. being funny. And so, yeah, a strong Christian would not need someone else to come close to God. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, that's that American mentality too. But so that's, that's not, that's not true. And that's not what we see. A strong Christian is actually admitting their weaknesses maybe. And even to what you're saying to our terminology, it is true because we do have an individual faith and even that language of a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, that's true. We, uh, you need to have an individual personal relationship with God. Um, but even that that terminology, you don't see in Scripture that idea you see in Scripture, mm-hmm. but you don't see personal relationship with Jesus. And I've said before, and I've thought of this, I think you see more of, to your point, Pastor Todd, a corporate relationship with Jesus. That not not to negate the individual, but like you said, we talk about my faith. How about our faith? Um, yeah, yeah. What are we as a church? Is our faith in God about this right now, or? whatever. Um, I think that's what you see in the New Testament a little more emphasized, I'd say, maybe. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think when you read through Scripture, you actually see that there is a huge, like, family theme throughout all of Scripture. Yeah. Uh, We see it, (laughs) uh, you may think this is goofy, you're stretching it, but we see at the Last Supper, they come together for a meal, which is a very, like, community-oriented thing. Uh, communion itself is communion or uh, is community oriented. Like we take this together. You know, I think about um, how Jesus and 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 God the Father relate to each other, which is family language. Uh, I think we see throughout the Old Testament, God didn't God did choose individuals, but He chose individuals that were part of a larger tribe community. You know, so I think that that is a common thing that you see throughout scripture, like community group. Um, and yes, individuals do come into play, um, but that wasn't the sole way that God interacted. Yeah. 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 I really just going, you know, heading back to the message for a second. I really, and I really appreciated the second point. Um, we hold on to hope together. Um, we were here in building B and um, thought we honestly just had a really beautiful moment, you know, post message with the altar call. Just the pastor Jeff had opened up his message with those two uh, videos of a spotter um, or a couple videos of a spotter, someone needing a spot. And so when it came time for the altar time, it just felt in my heart that, that we we needed to just kind of make that an emphasis. Like, hey, is there somebody here today that needs a spot? Um, and it was a great moment uh, for for the for the church um, that we were able to you know come alongside those people who needed a spot uh, on Sunday, which was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But it also made me think about going back, I guess, kind of in the same vein of like this individualistic kind of view of church, but. Um, made me think about, and I wrote down a couple questions in my notes about like, 
and I felt maybe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, but I, I feel like it's a challenge to be issued to, you know, our church as a whole, and then maybe to every believer as a, you know, you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, do you come to church looking to encourage someone else in hope? And I had to ask myself that question. Like, I don't know if I'm always waking up in the morning thinking to myself, who at church needs to be encouraged in hope today? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I always do. B- but like when yeah. he made that point, you know, we, we hold on to hope together. I can tell you there have been times when I've walked through the church, whether I'm, you know, doing, you know, whatever. Like if I have some sort of responsibility, I'm like moving. And I feel like you can tell sometimes when there's people at church who need hope. Mm. Yeah. And how many times do we pass by that person because we, we're busy, we got something going on, or maybe even we pass by those people because we're thinking about what we're going to eat for lunch that day. Mm-hmm. And so that really convicted me. So I wrote that down. I was like, hey, I think there needs to be a shift about coming to church. Do you come to church to be fed? Sure, you, you can get a meal from coming to church, but at the same time, are you looking to spur on a fellow brother or sister in Christ? Are you looking to um, really encourage someone else in the Lord? Or are you just coming to church to just check off the fact that you went to church today? Right. You know, um, and I just thought that that was, I, thought, I don't know, for me personally, I thought that was really great. And I thought that um, in regards to his second point, Pastor Jeff's second point, that that was just like really like spot on changing and shifting the perspective from the me to the we in the sense of hey is there somebody here that i can you know pour my life into today and really tap into maybe some of the gifts of the spirit you know word from the lord you know um healing even maybe you know an opportunity mm-hmm. to pray like you know I, I feel as though at least specifically for youth ministry as speaking as a youth pastor that there are sometimes <clears throat> parents who are going through similar struggles with their teens that never have conversation mm-hmm. with one another, mm-hmm. that if they were to have conversation with one another, it may encourage one, you know, they may encourage each other. They could uplift one another, share information that would, you know, point them to resources that could help them maybe even navigate some of the struggles that they go through. If only we would talk and maybe if only honestly, if we would see one another, as an as with eyes of opportunity yeah to speak into one another's lives yeah you know what i think is like the um the killer bullet to community is like shame Mm. Mm. you know when we feel like well nobody else struggles like this but i do and or or like or if i bring this up they'll judge me or the right right like those types of things like that idea of shame and i can't let people know I think that is what starts to single out people and it starts to break down community. Whereas if, and and sometimes, I mean, I hate to say it, but sometimes rightfully so people are like afraid of being, yeah, I don't want to share whatever. this. I'm right. Right. This. Right. Yeah. But there has to be like people in our lives that we can share those things with. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not the general crowd, there needs to be people within the body that we can talk to and share those things with. So, um, so I, I think just uh, I'm just throwing that out there because you're talking about parents who have kids who struggle with stuff. Sometimes we don't want other people to know our kids business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't want people to know our business and it's for defensive or pride or whatever it is. But I think like those things break down community. You know? Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely agree. Sorry. Nope. I was um, just, I was yeah, just, keep nope. going. Keep, keep finishing your thought. I was just reemphasizing ah! your <laughs> Pastor Todd's point and saying if your posture is 
oh, I get to pour into someone's life to elevate myself, you immediately are in the oh, wrong. Yeah. You got the wrong disposition 100%. about how to go about that. That's all I was saying. Yeah, no, and I was I definitely feel that what Pastor Todd was saying and that um, it's so hard for me to ask for help and it's so hard for me to to you know tell someone what I'm struggling with because I want to help them and I don't want to be a burden. And or, you're a number two. Or and I'm a two on the Enneagram. We can talk about mm-hmm. it later, people. <laughs> I love the Enneagram. <laughs> Pastor Matt's so not about it. it. <laughs> it. Uh, anyway. I can box in. <laughs> oh my goodness, so I'm good. <laughs> You don't um, know me. Yes. <laughs> you don't know me. No. Such a one. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's not. <laughs> and just there's truth. Uh, so, but what I'm saying is that so pride and, and just shame and feeling yeah. like you're a burden can definitely come in the way. And, and I think also, I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I feel like you can since you've been in ministry longer, but I feel like I have to have, always have a front that's put together mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. going to churches to talk about, you know, missions. Even yesterday I, I had a, some stuff going on personally and I had to go talk to these churches and I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this, but you just have to like, you just put your best front forward and kind of, yeah. you know, just deal yeah. with it. Well, I'm not, I don't, you shouldn't have to do that. Just no, deal with it. But so that's how we feel. No, you know? but yeah, that's real. So, okay, let's pull. All right. You know what, Tara? All right, cool. Let's pull the, let's pull the curtain back a little bit, Tara. Stop. I don't have so a problem yesterday, with that. yesterday in <laughs> building B, we had this moment and I genuinely just felt in my heart, you need to ask people who are in the room who need a spot. Yeah. And we're going to pray for them. All right, cool. So I have them raise their hands. And I said, you know what, let's, you know, let's pray for these people who who need a spot right now. And as we're praying, I'm thinking to myself, like, well, I think I I think I need a spot. Like in my brain, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think I need a spot. But in that moment, I'm like, I, that's I can't do that right now. I need to make sure that we I'm I'm trying to just be obedient to what I felt the spirit say. Like, okay, cool. We're going to we're going to spot these people that wraps up. And. At the end, I'm like, all right, cool. And and the Holy Spirit's still dealing with me. Like, all right, cool. Now, what are, what are you going to do? do? And I'm like, yeah. uh, so thankfully, right in that moment, somebody had walked up to me, somebody that I trust. And I was like, hey, can can we step into my office real quick? Because uh, I think I need. I, and I just looked at him. I was like, I, was like I, think, I think I need a spot. And they were yeah. like, all right. Yeah. So went in my office. And we prayed right then and there, which was dope. But like, yeah, like even in like for us, like, you know, like it, operating in that seat of ministry, whether you. And you have to lead. Like, I think what's most important is you can still lead. Mm-hmm. But as long as you don't negate those moments where you definitely yeah. need a spot, then I think you can operate. Like it. But you definitely need to make sure that that is a focus, that that is a priority. So I just, you know, I remember just taking that moment, taking yeah. that time. Like, all right, after that was done. All right, let me be let me be obedient. All right. Um hey, can you pray for me? Uh, mm-hmm. I think I need a spot about this. And, and they did. So yeah. So for those of you who are like, I want to be in charge, I want to <laughs> be the leader, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And it's hard to 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 be in community and yet to lead and to, to, to share with others and yet to know how to be strong. It, it is, Tara, mm-hmm. it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so. I'm definitely learning that. <laughs> I think that's a great example that you share, though, Pastor Jamal, from yesterday, which is even better. Uh, you know, cool that. It's, <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, how it works. Connected. Yeah, because you're right. I think there is an element of like, well, all right, I, I can't like, yeah, if you're slated to preach, you know, hey, well, you, you're going to be preaching. And unless some, it's something major, 
But so I think that's a great example of like, hey, like how you worded it. You can still lead, but you can't be negating this. Maybe there's a more appropriate time or, or who knows? Maybe it would have been fine for you to say, hey, you know what? I can use this bot too. And, yeah. and that's how you played it yesterday. And that worked really great. But maybe that's okay too, even, mm-hmm. you know? And there, yeah, in being in ministry, there's that level of like, uh, you need to be transparent and but also yeah. you know you, you want to help be yeah yeah it's attention it's definitely attention which i want to say this too actually I had a thought um it's kind of related to the next point but i think mm-hmm. it's related to this in my mind anyway at least i'm um, in the third point when he said we changed the world together and in the next verse this is let us consider how to spur one another on mm-hmm. encourage one another you know he said that word consider is to really like it, it's not um it's to think about it like intelligent, careful thought out, mm-hmm. like how am I going to really help this person? And what I'm trying to say is I think sometimes in ministry and actually even not in ministry, just in general, you can look at somebody and feel like, man, they really need, you know, they need God or I want to see them grow in this area. How do I do that for them? How do I make them make this decision? How do I, and you don't word it that way in your head, but that is what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And, I think this helps me like, Hey, how do I, how do I spur someone on? And I do feel like this is my role as a pastor, say with the young adults, for example, instead of me saying, how do I get this person to love God more? How do I make him go deeper? I can't do that. How, but how can I like just kind of poke them right where they need to be poked? So they go, and that's the thing that they, that spurs them to keep going. Um, that was somehow related to what we were just talking about in my mind, but I don't know how it is now, but that I felt that encouraging. That's like a relief for me that I don't mm-hmm. need to solve it. I don't need to be perfect. Maybe that's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to have it all figured out because sometimes you think you do. Well, if I'm the pastor, I got to tell them this is, well, this is what you do. But instead, I don't have to quite have that type of facade. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm just trying to consider what does this person need as the pastor who knows this one individual? How, what does this guy need? Yeah. What does this girl need? And what? How? so how can I just make that happen for them? You yeah. Know? And it's just so interesting because I remember even with, with you guys and, and Pastor Jeff and Pastor Bonnie, when you guys were and are like the most vulnerable, I'm like, wow, like that's what I want to be as, as, as a leader, as, as in ministry. But it's like, I, I feel like I can't sometimes. It's just so oof. like when, when I see you guys go to the altar or like, I don't know, share from the heart and, and get emotional. I'm like, wow, you know, I really don't have to have a front. Like you're, you're able to be vulnerable. And I think that's when, I don't know, people can really touch base or like relate to others i don't know no you're i just my mindset is just i literally cannot care any less about what anybody thinks about me going to the altar i'm because at the end of the day day. like 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 some for some people you know they might say oh well then well you know pastor why don't you just do this this and this my mind is like dude i can't do anything without jesus so mm-hmm. if at the end of the day you want to be critical about me going to the altar that's a pastor dude, <laughs> yeah i literally don't care yeah because at the end of the day bro like i'm literally uh, you could have you could have the position i'm 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 here at the altar because i'm trying to cultivate my soul yeah i understand the Amen. weight of what it is and and I just don't, I feel like I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to sit here and think about, oh, man. What everyone's going to think. Man, they're going to think about there. me going to the altar. You know what I think about me going to the altar? I'm trying to make sure that, like, this thing is right, this right before the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. And I don't care. Like, I, like, yeah. like what are you going to Like, I've, I have a friend 
I have a friend who is it May? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. When people say that, I'm always like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. Fr- I, I, you are a friend, though, Pastor Todd. I don't want you to get <laughs> That's it twisted. That's not what I meant. I, just I meant don't want like... you to get it twisted. You are a friend. Um, I, but I have a friend, and I just be very vulnerable here. I have a friend who he had a moral failing out of ministry. Mm. He and I are still good friends, and he is in a tremendous, uh, an incredible space now. But he had to walk a very rough journey and in walking that rough journey sounds weird but he found himself in the lord like because at one point he elevated the position above everything else and in elevating the position above everything else he 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 compromised and and it caught and it cost him that was a very expensive lesson to learn but what he did end up learning is what what matters the most Mm -hmm. and my conversations with him are in my opinion invaluable Mm -hmm. because he's what he's been in my position he's not in my position anymore but he understands what is of the greatest value and in our conversations he makes sure to emphasize those things like hey man don't forget these things don't forget this don't forget this and he'll you know he's the one who will be like hey man you know did you, uh, you told me, you know, a few days ago that your son dot, 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 did you double, did you go back and check on it? I'm like, oh, I got caught up in this. And he'll be like, unacceptable. Like, he'll just flat out, he'll just be like, unacceptable. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's non-negotiable. You need to go back and you need to dot, dot, dot with your son. So, okay, cool. He's, Ooh. so, yeah. because he's, but, yes, yeah, he's come to a place where he's like, I value these things. My soul is one of them. And I'll fight to make sure that that stays in a place mm-hmm. that is God honoring of the Lord. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care. So, yeah. like, I just love that about him. And so try to cultivate some of that from him. And so in that regards, people see me go to the altar. I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. And and I think it's sad that we get caught up in that. I know. Because if God's working at my heart and going to the altar, why should I feel ashamed about that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we want? Isn't, yeah. isn't, I mean, I, I'm not saying we don't, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, honestly, like if I'm going to be like, well, why are they going to the altar? Are they going to the altar? Cause they're afraid. Oh, shame on them for being afraid. Are they going to the altar because they're yeah, responding to what them. God's doing? Shame on them. But actually like, n- no, that's, shame, that's shame what we you. want. Yeah. We want people to go to the altar and respond. So, so like we get it wrong when we're looking at somebody else and saying, well, I wonder why they're going, mm-hmm. what's their problem. Or we get it wrong when we're like, I don't want people thinking this of me, mm. yeah. you know, like both sides of that is wrong because mm-hmm. both sides of that stands in direct opposition to what God wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And right. I, I, I want to say two things. One, the, that's the only thing that goes through my head when it comes to responding at the altar is simply being like, Oh, I, as a pastor on staff here, does Pastor Jeff, you know, need me to pray for somebody or like, I just want to be available for him. Like, so that's the only reason to me that I would be like, let me just think about this. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, but then I always generally feel like, well, if, if I want to lay, if I got to lay this before God and, and, and just have a moment, like, I don't think Pastor Jeff's going to have a problem with that. Yeah, no, so, and I never. think that's important for me to do, like in those moments when I have that space. And the other thing I was going to say is, um, just you know, I think we help to create that space. Like if um, if 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 I don't look at someone else responding to the altar and I say, well, what's wrong with that? Oh, well, this message today. 
if if I don't feel that way, then I don't need to worry about that when I go up. Or mm-hmm. or if I don't want to worry about that when I go up, I better not look at someone else that way. And even what we were saying, I love what you said earlier, Pastor Todd, about you know shame being uh, you know the killer in a church community. We talked about that last week, actually, at Young yeah. Adults. And, you know, why do you not share with somebody shame and, and somebody will judge you? So I was like, well, guess what? It's your job to um, to change the narrative then if if that's how you feel. I'm like, yeah, you need to find someone in the body. And, I'm, and even people who are listening right now, guess what? It's your job to make sure that this is that place yeah. where it's a judgment free zone where you can say, hey, I need a spot. And we don't say, oh, they got a problem. Oh, they're not a strong group. Oh, they, no, we, all right, of us right. right now, listening, young adults, t- us talking right now, it's part of our responsibility to maintain that. And so those are the two things I wanted to say. Yeah, you man. looked like you had something you wanted to say. Pastor I was going to say something, but I don't, I don't think I need to. I, I, it's just, this is, going to the altar is something, not to be proud of, but going to the, some, to the altar is something that, it's something celebrated. good. Yeah, yeah to yeah. celebrate. It's, it's yeah. good. Yeah. So if at any point you're looking at somebody else and, and questioning about why they're going to the altar for any other reason, then you want to come alongside them and pray with them and you want to come alongside with them to support them. Right. If it's for any other reason, you're wrong. Right. Yeah. You're like, wrong. Right. You see me go to the altar, bro. Just pray for me. Like, that's all. Yeah. I don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just be, just lift me up. Be like, like oh, come on, why? Jesus. Why speak to him. Like, uh, you know, like you see me walking yeah. my behind to the altar. Just be like, oh, come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Lord. <laughs> that's all I need you to do. I mean, like if you want to sit back and you want to be like, oh, I can't believe Pastor Jamal's going to the altar. Die then I hope you, you right behind me because <laughs> I hope you right next to me. <laughs> you know, I'll clear a spot for you. But like Ooh. at the end of the day, you see me going up to the altar. Woo, go ahead. To throw my name before the throne. I'll, t- I'll take uh, as listen. If you could throw my name before the name before the throne room of God as many times as you want. I welcome it, please. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I'll second that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, yeah, I, I think that's it in ministry. But whether in ministry or not, that is the tension of, oh, for sure. of uh you know, yeah. Hey, I wanna, I wanna, um, know I'm walking the right way. I wanna be growing, so mm-hmm. I wanna have it together in these areas of my life. But also, hey, it's okay. Um, I don't wanna feel that shame. I need to have that vulnerability to allow someone to speak in my life. Like again, really, to Pastor Jeff's points, to hold on to hope together. Um, you know, to grow closer to God. And I mean, I loved even his obvious his third point about changing the world together, man. Like, and what he talked about the community projects, this and that, the Kelsey project. He's mm-hmm. like, I couldn't have done the Kelsey project. We all, it, that was a we thing. Like, we is greater than me. And like, yeah, but so yeah, but I mean, just to to wrap up in that sense, like, even if you're listening, that is a tension to manage. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what. But that's um, that's the Christian walk that we we can we're striving after God together and, mm-hmm. and so we can be vulnerable but also have that accountability hey man like I you're still you're still telling me this is a problem for you like you know hey I think I think God he's he's trying to do work are you letting him and, and allowing that accountability too now to oh that stings a little bit I just want to keep oh I said that actually last week in the sermon because I heard it somewhere uh well I'm, I'm confessing it to God I'm going to the altar I keep mm-hmm. confessing it yeah well confession and then repentance turning around from that thing too and so again having that accountability to help you to repent and turn around and change your ways that's even another step that's hard but that's hey that's why we're a community that's why we have each other to to become more and more like jesus so 
Yeah, and I'd, I'd really encourage you guys if you're listening, um, and if you don't have an accountability partner or someone that you can trust or um, constantly be praying with, um, just be praying about that because the Lord, I mean, the Lord has done amazing things with my life with accountability partners and, and without those people to keep me, you know, to, to keep me accountable. accountable. To, that's the word. <laughs> We're just using it a lot. Without those people to, uh, you know, remind me what God says about me uh, or to be praying <laughs> alongside me. I don't know where I would be. And so it's, we really can't, we can't do this alone. Um, even though we sometimes want to, we really can't. So, yeah. yeah. And if you're going to be an accountability partner, be a, be an accountability yeah. partner. Like be committed to the to the role. Like oh, don't just 100%. be like, sure, and then you're not really committed. Yeah, one side that's just trash. Does not work. Yeah, that's just trash. That doesn't work. <laughs> they accountability partners are only as good as the people who decide yep. to really make it work. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a relationship. So either you're committed to it or you're not. And yeah. if you're, you know, if you want to just be part of it because it's the cool thing to do or because it sounds like a buzzword, like please don't do that. <laughs> no. All right, guys. Hey, well, we'll wrap it up. Um, it's been great talking, just nerding out a little bit, but also talking about some great stuff as well uh, in our own lives. And I uh, hope you found it helpful today. Uh, Pastor Matt. Yo, I'm Pastor Jamal. Pastor Todd. I'm Tara. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. See you. Bye.